So here's what I had in my heart for this morning. It became real clear to me um, on Friday, actually, on the areas of help that we can rely on the Holy Spirit in. First of all, look with me at John chapter 14. And uh, look at verse 16, and we'll look at verse 17. We looked at this scripture last week. In John 14, 16, of course, this is right after, or right before that Jesus was going to go uh, to heaven. And he was consoling, and he was, uh, you know, giving his disciples uh, some uh, comfort, if you will. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. And then he goes on to list the various aspects of this comforter, what he will do, that he may remain with you forever. And let's not look at the next verse. I want you to notice the word comforter. Now, the word comforter in the Greek is parakletos. And it literally means one who is called alongside to help us. Amen? Now, when you look at the term helper, you looked, I looked that up in the dictionary. Helper means to give aid or assistance, one who serves, or one who is employed to help. Thank God the Holy Ghost has come. Thank God the Comforter has come. And all the help that we will ever need to live in this life is right here, right now. And when you're born again, you have the helper on the inside of you. He's already in you. Whether you can feel him or whether you can see him, the helper lives in you and he lives in me. And that's good news. And, and, I, and I got three areas of help that I believe he really will help us in. The first area, he will help us to walk in love. Now, in Romans chapter 5 and in verse 5, the scripture says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Now, notice, by who? So this love is in your heart. It's shed abroad in your heart. And it is by the Holy Ghost or the Holy Helper, which has been given unto us. I submit to you this morning that He has been given to you and given to me to help us to walk in the Spirit and to walk in the love of God so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, there are ample opportunities to get in strife. There are ample opportunities to be bitter. I don't believe that God wants any of us to be bitter. I believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can go from being bitter to being better. And we can become better Christians and more mature as we lean on and rely on Him to help us. He will help you keep your mouth shut when it needs to be shut. The Bible says that the love of Christ will constrain you. He will help you walk out of the arena of strife so that you can live your life free from the pit of destruction that strife brings. The Bible says that where there is strife, there is, where there's envy and strife, there is every evil work. One person said it this way, strife is the manifestation of the enemy. 
It is the manifest presence of the enemy. So we can rely on the helper. You know, I can almost hear it in my mind and in my heart. Well, I don't know whether I can forgive that person or not. You don't know what they've done to me. No, you can't in the natural. You can't in the flesh. But we're not dealing with a fleshly life anymore. We are now new creations with a new life, a new love, and a new ability to forgive and to forget and to go on with our lives. You see, Paul said... To the church at Ephesus. He's praying, okay? And he said, I'm praying that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, that we would be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. And then he's praying that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That we being rooted and grounded in love. And that we may be able to comprehend What is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of this great love that God loves us with? Now listen, when you become rooted and grounded in the fact that God loves you, that love himself loves you, and that God is not mad at you, but rather God is mad about you, When you really understand how much that he loves you, it will turn fear out of doors. It will cause you to be looking at life from a completely different lens. Amen? When you accept and receive and believe the love that God has to you, and you nurture that understanding in your life, it will then become easy for you to walk in love toward others. Because you knew, you know what you were in the past. You know how much God has forgiven you. You know how much God has forgotten about what you've done. Come on now, somebody. You know how God, good God's been to you. And he loves you in spite of your old self. And he doesn't really see your old self anymore. He sees the new you. The new creation in Christ Jesus. He sees us then through eyes of love and gives us the ability then to see one another the same way and to love one another even as God for Christ's sake loves us and forgave us and so you need then to learn to lean on the helper because in the natural realm your flesh will be squeezed your mind will be squeezed You'll get opportunity after opportunity, maybe on 880 when somebody cuts you off or somebody serves you some cold food at a restaurant or whatever the case may be. You're going to get the opportunity. But all the love of God. I said the love of God is on the inside. And 1 Corinthians 13 gives us a portrait of that love. If you look at verses 4 through 8 of this love of God, you will see the characteristics of a person that is leaning on the Holy Spirit's help to live in this life right now. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. I want to make make some declarations about the love of God on the inside of us. The Bible says that love endures long and is patient and is kind. Say this with me. I endure long. I I am patient. And I am kind. kind. Is the Holy Spirit unkind? No. 
Is the Holy Spirit impatient? No. Then we don't need to be either. And it goes on to say, love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. Love is not boastful or vainglorious. Love does not display itself haughtily. Let's go to the next verse. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. It is not rude, does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Love is not self-seeking, touchy, fretful, or resentful. Think about it. By the help of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be so touchy anymore. By the help of the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be resentful anymore. Well, I've got my rights and, you know, I've got my say. No, really, you don't have your say. The only say you've got as a new creation is to go God's way. Amen. Now notice, it's not self-seeking, touchy, fretful, or resentful. Now this one is a big one. It takes no account of the evil done to it. The Holy Spirit will help us to pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Think about it, guys. That ability, that potential is in you. Next verse. It does not rejoice at injustice or at unrighteousness, but love rejoices when right and truth prevails. Next verse. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes along. Listen to this. The love of God is ever ready to believe the worst of every person. No, the love of God is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Listen, there's something good in everybody. Why don't you leave the bad and look for the good and walk in the life of God and in the love of God with the Holy Ghost's help? Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. And then the love of God never fails. Say this with me. I choose choose to walk walk in the life of God God and in the love of God. God. I'm ever ready to believe believe the best of every person. I choose love's way. Love's way is God's way. And God's way is my way. I'm not resentful. Or touchy. touchy. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Your love is in me. me. Now, here's what's going to happen. When we really rely on His ability and His help for us to walk in love, how can I say it? We're going to experience some things we've never experienced before. We're going to experience life on a higher level. We're going to experience... His presence in greater dimensions. You see, a life filled with love is a life absent from fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. So therefore, when we're walking in love, there's no more fear of death. There's no more fear of anything. Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. But of what? power, come on, and love and of a sound mind. But I believe this, that God wants us as individuals and corporately to walk in the realm of the miraculous. To where miracles are just a daily happening in our lives. 
And I'm not talking necessarily about the spooky natural, but I'm talking about the supernatural. I mean, having days of heaven on earth in your marriage. For some of you, that would be a miracle. Enjoying the presence of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19 in the Amplified Version. And I want us to see one of the things that can happen for us when we rely on His help. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians 3 and verse uh, 19. It says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself... The love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled, I like this, through all your being, unto all the fullness of love or God, and may you have the richest measure of His divine presence, and may you become a body wholly filled and flooded with love Himself. Woo, man! Holy filled and flooded with love himself. I mean, individually, what would that do? What would, how would your life change if you were filled with all the fullness of love? What would change in our church if all of us walked in love? What would change in this church corporately if we leaned on the helper to fill us with all the fullness of love? It'd be a different place. And what we would do as a church, corporately, is we would go up several degrees. We would go from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Say it with me. I'm choosing love. I'm choosing the love of God. Now, this other area that we're going to talk about is a real sort of a serious word, but it is a word that will set you free. And that's what the truth does for you. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, here's an area that we want to talk about. The Holy Spirit, the helper, will help you and me to keep our bodies in control. That always goes over real good. But we're going to work with this today because I believe the Lord gave it to me. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. Now, would you agree that the great apostle Paul was an outstanding man of God. Amen? But here's what Paul said about his own life. And if Paul said this about his own life, there must have been a temptation for him to yield to the lust of the flesh or to become body-ruled. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Are you ready? Let's read. Go ahead. And I bring it into subjection. Read that first part again. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Now notice with me, he calls his body an it. And he said, I, my spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I hold my body in check. Or I control my body. My body doesn't control me. I'm not body ruled, I'm Holy Ghost ruled. I'm not mind ruled, I'm spirit ruled. And so he says, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway 
or I myself should be disqualified. So Paul said, I need to do something with my body. You do realize that your body's not saved, don't you? You do realize that your body, if left unchecked, will get out of control. Your body will want to eat the whole pie. I might as well just make it plain. Your body will want to do things it did before it was born again. Unless you let this born again spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, dominate you. Now I know I am preaching pretty good today. Now here is the word that I believe that the Lord has for us today. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And he will help us to live safe and free from the snares of temptation when they knock on our door. And surely temptation will come. If you are one of those people that think that you're above temptation, you're already deceived. In Obadiah 1.3, it says that the pride of your heart will deceive you. I mean, if a person thinks that they can go to places that they used to go and not have an impact on their lives, they're deceived. And we're going to work with this. We, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But far, we're going to take this word far from sin, far from temptation, far from yielding to the lust of the flesh. Far. F stands for follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. I have discovered that the more Holy Spirit conscious I am, the more He helps me. It is true that He's able to help some more than He is others. Now, He's no respecter of persons, but if you ignore Him, and you just lollygag about, and go through Christianity with a K-sarah-sarah attitude... You will fall. Now the Lord will be there to pick you up. But it is the will of God for us not to fall. The will of God is for us to be far from falling. He will lead you out of it if you follow Him. He will keep you in the secret place of the Most High. If you will trust the guide that lives on the inside. I believe this. That the Holy Spirit will help you to be at the right place at the right time. Now look with me in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. And no one's sleeping now. This is too important for you to go to siesta. I realized yesterday was Cinco de Mayo and you might have ate too much. But it's not time to sleep in church. So wake up. And I love you. Galatians 5 16. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk and live, now notice, habitually. Be addicted to the Holy Spirit. Responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then he says, you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. Now notice with me in verse 18. Of course, verse 17 talks about the flesh 
lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And in verse 18, it says, But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the message translation of verse 18 says this, Why don't you just choose to be led by the Spirit? And so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence. He will lead you out of temptation. He will help you to avoid the snares of the fowler. You know, Jesus, when he taught the principles of prayer over in Matthew chapter 6. And you know, his disciples were saying, Lord, teach us to pray. And he shared principles. And one of the principles there was found where he said, Our Father which art in heaven, that's the principle of worship, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then here's what I want you to see is found in verse 13. He said, And lead us not into temptation. Look at that. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's make this scripture plain. What this is saying is if you will pray this way, that the Holy Spirit will deliver you by leading you away from and out of temptation. Amen? God is not going to bring you into a temptation of evil. Amen? God is going to help you by the Holy Spirit stay away from it. So it's good to pray that way. Now let's look at something in Matthew chapter 26. Verses 40 through 41. Now you all know, and I was with the garden, in the Garden of Gethsemane with Brother Jim years ago when we went to Israel. We had a great time over there enjoying Israel. It was wonderful. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, the scene is right before Jesus was to go to Calvary. And offer his life as a sacrifice for all mankind. And the Bible says that Jesus was so pressed that he began to sweat blood. That's, a, that, that's pressure. Isn't that pressure? And he was, he, was, he was in that place of prayer and in that place of agony. And he called on his disciples and he said, guys, would you just... Tarry with me for one hour? You see, the master literally is asking for support. And here's what happened. The disciples were there. And in verse 40 and verse 41, He cometh unto His disciples and findeth them asleep. And He said unto him, Peter, and saith unto Peter, What could you not watch with me for one hour? And here's the principle. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing, but what about the flesh? The flesh is weak. In other words, the flesh dominated them to the point where they couldn't even pray. And he says, guys, what I want you to do is I want you watching and praying so that when temptation comes, you won't enter into it. 
The message says it this way. He says, can't you stick it out with me for a single hour? He says, stay alert and be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. Hello? Too many Christians are asleep. I'm being honest with you. They're just flat asleep. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. And then when temptation comes, they wander into it. And they say, well, how'd I get here? Duh! A prayerless life is the door to temptation. Is a door to temptation. And here's the principle I want you to catch. And this is why we're talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this is why we want everyone watching and praying and praying much in the Holy Ghost. The principle is this. Is the more you watch the Word and the more you live a life of prayer, the stronger you will get down here in your spirit. So that when temptation comes and tries to bait you and to allure you, you will not yield because you're strong by the power and help of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. He's going to help you. You won't need counseling from every counselor in the Bay Area. You won't need deliverance. You can't get deliverance from the flesh. Well, cast this old spirit out of me. It ain't a spirit, your old stinking flesh. Well, I'm just about to lose my temper because I'm Irish. Well, you're first a new creation. You can keep your body under. But the important thing I want you to see is you've got to take some responsibility and be a person of prayer and be a person who watches. We don't want to magnify the devil. He's a defeated foe, but he is a persistent cuss. And he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Well, he may not devour Christians who live a serious life with God, who are watchers and prayers and lean on the help of the Holy Spirit. I can't make it any more plain. Lean on the helper. Now look at Romans chapter 8, and let's look at verses 10 through 14. Romans chapter 8, verses 10 through 14. And and we're going to look at James 1 in a moment. But it is not a sin for you to be tempted. Are you listening to me? But it is a sin to yield to temptation. And it really is a sin to put yourself in temptation's way. Okay, we're going to talk about some of this today. In uh, Romans chapter uh, 10, I saw a verse that I want to look at before we look at verses 10 through 14. Are you happy today? I hope you're getting something. We don't come here to play church. We come here to get equipped for the week, right? In Romans chapter 8, excuse me, I get excited and go all around. Romans, the eighth chapter. A lot of sin and a lot of the bait of temptation first comes to your mind. Have you discovered that? You know, no one commits fornication without thinking about it first. No one that's been delivered from drugs goes out and does crack or does heroin without thinking about first. 
Now notice with me, it's important what you do with this, with your mind. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, of course it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now I like the amplified here. It says, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason, without the Holy Spirit, without His help, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forevermore. So the wages of sin, what does it produce in our lives? The wages of sin produce death in this life. Okay? And heaven forbid in the hereafter. We don't want that in our lives. But you've got to do something with your body. And you've got to do something with your mind. Now look at verse 10. Keep smiling. It's all good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Notice in Romans chapter 8, verse 10. He says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of what? But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead, he'll quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth where? Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, but we are debtors to live the Holy Spirit life. Verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But here it is. But if you, this is conditionally, conditional, through the Spirit of God, through the Helper, do mortify the deeds of the body, guess what will happen? You will live. Now listen, God's not left you helpless. He has given you the ability by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to put sin under your feet. The Bible says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You know, Jesus was tempted, the Bible says, in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Now, in Hebrews 2.17, it says, For in that he has suffered being tempted, he is able to secure or to help those that are being tempted. So there is heaven's help for you in the middle of a temptation. And He is the Holy Spirit. Now notice right in the context of this whole flesh versus spirit and living the spirit-filled life. Notice with me in verse 14. We're talking about following the leadings. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Say this with me. Mature sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Now here's what I see in these verses of Scripture. Here's the context. The context is you and I not living a fleshly life, but walking in the Spirit. And in walking in the Spirit, we will be led by the Spirit, and the Spirit will have us in the right place at the right time, missing the enemy's setups. He's helping us. He's helping you. Now here's what happens. The Holy Ghost lives on the inside. And the leadings of the Spirit are not just for direction and 
where you should be and where you should go in ministry. The leadings of the Spirit sometimes are those little promptings of the Holy Spirit telling you things like, leave that alone. Don't hang out with those people. Don't, don't go over there. Don't say that. Keep your heart and keep your mouth. See, those, those leadings, those little unctions of the Holy Spirit are Him trying to help you. And if you'll follow that, He'll lead you right out of the temptation zone. But if you don't follow it, here's what happens. Your heart can become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I'm smiling. We want to stay happy. But I believe we will stay happy if we give you the truth. I don't want to just give you a lot of pie in the sky. You see, the faith message and faith works by love. And you can confess the word until you're blue in the face. And you can give millions and millions of dollars until you don't have any more money left. But if you're not walking in the spirit and walking in the love of God and keeping your body under, it's to no avail. Do you still love this, Pastor? So here's what happens. People's hearts get hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now let's go over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 13. He says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with either evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when the devil comes with his pitchfork and his suit on. No. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away or when he is baited of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. In other words, when it is acted upon, it brings forth sin. And when it is finished, it brings forth death. And we don't want that, right? Therefore, we must repent and keep these things out of our lives. Now, i got good news for you. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God has placed the Holy Spirit right here on the inside of you to help you to come to a place of escape, to a safe landing place where you don't yield anymore, but where, but where you're yielding to God. The helper gives you a place of safety. Now, that's F, and A stands for avoid. The R stands for resist. And whether you know it or not, this message is almost done. So hold steady. This is important truth. Be humble enough to know what tempts you. Don't be a fool. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't no fools in this place. No fool here. But be humble enough to know what tempts you. Whether it be food, and I don't want to harp on food. You know, whether it be drinking, whether it be drugs, sex, gossip. Be smart enough to know where you've yielded in the past and shore your life up with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 You see, in Ephesians 4.27, it says, Give no place to the devil. 
One translation says, give him no opportunity to work. Give him no opportunity to work. No foothold, no place. In the name of Jesus, no place up here. No place for you. No room in the inn. You can't get in my life anymore. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. He's keeping me from falling. You may come against me one way, but praise God, you're going to flee before me seven. By the help of God. Now I want to share with you something. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 5. Now here's the setting. A young man enters up, enters into a prostitute. Has sexual relations with a prostitute. But he didn't just somehow end up in bed with her. He actually thought about it first. You don't just somehow end up down at the crack house. You don't just somehow eat two pies. You don't just somehow get on the internet and look at pictures. Oh, I wonder how that happened. And I, and I don't want to just bring this subject of lust into the sexual area, but it definitely is a part of it. Because lust is any strong desire that is in our lives that is inconsistent with the Word of God. There's a lot of things that are lustful, that are inconsistent. You can have lust for wealth. Spend your days, spend your hours, spend your decades just chasing after the almighty buck. You didn't bring anything into this world. And you sure ain't going to bring anything out. Amen? I've never seen a hearse carrying a trailer down the road. Have you? Somebody said, well, I wonder how much he left. He left it all. <laughs> Isn't that right? And you're going to leave it all too. So there's, it, it, there's no reason then for us to be deceived by the deceitfulness of riches. Or the lusts of other things that enter in and choke the word. Now notice in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 8. Here's the principle and here's what I want you to see. Avoid this. Whatever areas of temptation that you're tempted with, remove your way far from it. And come not to the door of her house. I like what the message says. It says, keep your distance from such a woman. Keep your distance from such people that want to go out and party. Yeah, but I've been delivered from drinks. I've been delivered from alcohol. Fine, stay that way. And don't tempt yourself by going out with a bunch of partiers. Amen? It says, keep your distance from such a woman. Now notice this. Absolutely stay out of her neighborhood. Don't even go to the hood, man. Stay out of the hood. One of the greatest things that happened to me, and, and Brother Caseman, 
is on the front row today. He knows my testimony. You know my testimony. Back there in 1975 in Wilmer, Minnesota, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where all the drugs and all the old friends were. I separated myself from those friends for good. Listen, I didn't go try to witness to them while they were... Because the next thing you know, I would have had it in my hand. You understand? So what I did is I didn't even go back to the hood. I removed my foot from evil. And I know that's a real vivid and kind of a drastic testimony, but your problem might be your mouth. And you may have people that just run off on the mouth. You know, you may not be able to even go near their neighborhood. You may not even be able to go out to dinner with them. I know I'm preaching real good right now. The Holy Ghost is helping us. <laughs> well, at least I'm not getting any wells on the front row from Brenda. But that's a major key for you to maintain your freedom. It's just staying out of the danger zones. Look at Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 6 through 8. I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me the other day, don't go there. And that's for you. Wherever there is, don't go there. (laughs) Wherever there is, don't go there no more. You may have to drive home another way. Proverbs 7, verse 6. He says, For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. Now, here's what happens with a lot of young people that get a hold of the word. They think that they're at a place where they're not yet. They think because they get a little knowledge of the Word of God that they're ready. But there is a time and there is a place for you to be separate. He says, And behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, and he went to her house. Can you see him? Well, I think I'll go for a walk all the time, he's thinking. He's on the corner. Next thing you know, he's in her house. Next thing you know, he's in bed. And that happens with a lot of Christians. They go down the path of life. The enemy brings a thought. They're not prayed up. They're not leaning on the help of the Holy Spirit. He's as far away from them as Mars is. And the next thing you know, they're on the corner. Okay? And then they're in the house. See, in your situation may not be fornication. It may not be internet. It may not be food, but it's something. And I believe that the word of the Lord for this morning is this. Is the principle is don't go there. And wherever there is, don't go there. And listen, you by the power and the help of the Holy Spirit 
have that ability to do the last point, and that is to resist. See, the Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and what will he do? I didn't get enough activity in the crowd. (laughs) Try that one more time. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And what will he do? He will flee from you. What does the word flee mean? He will run from you as in tear. You as a Holy Spirit filled believer, serious about the word and serious about his presence in your life. You are Satan's Worst nightmare. Are you listening to me? So learn to say no. And in saying no to the enemy, say yes to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Put your hands right here and let's pray together. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for my Heavenly Helper, my Holy Guest. Holy Spirit, Spirit, bring comfort comfort and help me me in every area of my life. life. Help me to walk in the Spirit, to walk in in the love of God, God, and to lean on you. you. Help me, Lord. Help me, me, Holy Spirit, in a time of temptation. Lead me and guide me. Right out of the snare of the fowler. I declare, by God's help, I'm always in the right place. At the right time, I rely on you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And when you rely on his help for yourself, you will start being a help to others. Because the word says that God of all comfort comforts us in all of our trouble. And in the midst of hell breaking loose on the right and on the left, we can have the comforter's help. It might be a death, it might be a disease, whatever the case may be. But then he says, once you've received help, now you go be a help and a comfort and a consoler and an encourager to someone else around you. Have you been encouraged today? Well, that's what I had in my heart. So we give God the glory. We give him the praise.